Hi, this is Lily, host of Las Beauties podcast. Welcome, my beauties, to this episode where we will be discussing soul suicide, what it is, what it feels like, and how to go about giving it some CPR. Let me start by sharing what soul suicide is, who it can affect, and how or when do we notice it. I'll quickly recap how I first heard about soul suicide when it finally and when it finally resonated. So what is soul suicide? Soul suicide feels like you're literally your soul is dying. You're sad, nothing really just inspires you. You st- notice that you've been putting off, you know, just yourself. In other words, you're not making yourself a priority. So just something feels off. Who can it affect? I believe we're all susceptible to it. It just depends on who you are and how you go about living your daily life. Why does soul suicide happen? I feel like soul suicide, the feeling of it, like something's just missing, is the universe saying, hey, you're forgetting why you're here. Or it seems like you're just putting everyone else ahead of you and your dreams and your goals. Or, hey, you're getting off course. I feel like it's the universe's way of nudging us. So how does it feel? I think it can look and feel different for everyone. It may look like... um, uh, to some of us, it just might look like anything and everything we we set out to do, it just doesn't work out. Like things evade us or it just feels on, on an emotional level, just like sad, unfulfilling, uh, lack of motivation, lack of inspiration, uh, might feel like frustration or irritability, lack of contentment, um, or maybe it just feels numb. Like, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I just know I'm not happy. When can soul suicide appear? You know, I can't speak to age, but I'm sure that we can all experience it at one time or another. I feel like if you're going through those feelings I just mentioned or of not feeling like you know or you keep questioning and asking, is this it? Is this all life has to offer? It might be something to sort of, you know, look into, right? And it, it can affect any part of our life, personal life or work life. We might be crushing it in our family life, but just feel off about work or vice versa, right? So just to backtrack a little bit, I first um, heard of soul suicide in, I want to say it was about 2016, I was listening to a podcast where speaker Coot Blackson was talking about this. Now, at this point, I was already already feeling like something was off. I had minimal motivation. And I, I'm listening to this podcast and I hear him say the word soul suicide. So I just paid a little bit closer attention. And he explained it in the following terms, and I'm paraphrasing, but it just feels like your soul is slowly dying due to us keeping 
uh, or keep putting off dreams and goals. Or in other words, we're not making ourselves important. And, you know, that totally resonated for me. So anyways, at that point, I made a note of it in a journal I had in front of me. And I continued and finished the podcast, set it to the side. And honestly, I don't think I I thought about that or ran into that journal for quite some time. So like I said, you know, I went about my life technically just, you know, living day to day. I went to work. I was working at a mental health agency. At this point, I had been there for about four years and I was in a supervisory role and, you know, busy working um, day-to-day stuff, nothing major. I'd go to work Monday through Friday. I was the type of employee that was sort of like the first one in, usually the last one out. Sometimes I worked over 60 hours. Um, and I, I worked on around the clock in the sense of being on call due to being part of an intensive mental health program. So I, I knew I enjoyed my work, but not the job, if that makes sense. I often argued with, you know, um, I argued these unwinnable conversations with external community-based organizations, such as um, Department of Children and Family Services with all their endless bureaucratic stuff and um, just different situations in that sense. Um, You know, I I was living at home. My two kids um, lived with me and... I mean, I loved, I love, not loved, I love being a mom and all that stuff. But again, I just felt something was off. I had gained some weight. I wasn't really inspired to stick to anything long-term to help with losing it. I was unhappy, um, but nothing alarming, right? Uh, there came, you know, times where I was invited to hang out with friends and it just, just nothing really inspired me to just want to, uh, hang out. I had minimal external interests. I really kept to myself, but yet I kept going back to this, like, what is it? What's off? What's wrong? I just didn't feel like myself. Um, I know I was often fatigued. I thought it was due to work. I was easily irritable or frustrated. Um, sometimes I had the sense of defeat. Um, I often asked questions like, is this it? Is there anything more? Like, is this really all I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Just work, go home, work, go home. And I kept asking these questions over and over and over. And, you know, time kept passing. So at this point, keep in mind, you know, at this point, we're talking about 2016 when I first heard the term, went about my life. And around 2019, I'm really at the deep end of this. I've gone to doctors. I've, I've done therapies. I've done, um, I, I've gotten massages. I've done some energy work. I've, I've really done a lot. I've gone to a doctor. I've gone to my doctor a couple of times. We did, um, uh, she did prescribe to me anxiety medication. We'll talk a little bit more about But even that just still made me feel like there's something missing, right? So in 20, um, about 2019, I had moved up 
at work to be a director. And I was working at this agency, which I gladly accepted. And I was so grateful for this position um, that really set me on a just on a different path in life, I think, for me. So at this point, I was feeling like, you know, I, I have this great job. I'm, I'm doing the things that I want. I have good money. So why am I not happy? Why do, why do things still just feel off? So around April, April 24th to be exact, of 2019, I literally woke up this one day with a really bad migraine. So I notified my boss early that morning that I'd be late because I wanted to take some medication and go back to sleep and hopefully sleep it off. So sure enough, within two hours, I got up and I felt a little bit better. So I got ready and began my commute. Now, let me backtrack a little bit. When I took this position um, in 2016 as an assistant clinical director in the city of um, where I was working, I was about 45 minutes from my then rental home. Okay, so I got another promotion in 2018 as a director and that helped me buy my first home, my first home ever, July 2018. So now at this point, I am working and living an hour and 15 minutes on a one-way commute on a good day. So if we factor in rain or fires, this can easily start at a two-hour one-way commute. So imagine the round trip. Back to the point. So I'm driving into work this this day in April, April 24th, uh, 2018, And I literally begin to get emotional. I well up and I start shedding tears. So if anybody's heard my last podcast, I talk about this a little bit, right? And this is where the thought comes into mind, like, am I committing soul suicide? And again, as I said that, it resonated. And I just thought, yeah, I think this is it. I'm onto something here. So I went down that rabbit hole of like, what am I doing? what needs to change. I, I I kept saying, I no longer want this. And I say that in air quotes because I can't really pinpoint exactly what this is. And that's where my journey started in regards to soul CPR. So once I realized something was off and began to uh, do the external journey of trying to find, you know, the initial, like, why, what's the deal, what's going on? I began to look inward. And it went something like this. So I have an acronym. Um, The word is action with two T's. So I assessed the situation. I created a plan. I took action. I tweaked it as needed. I invested in myself, observed changes, thoughts, and feelings. And I really nourished my soul. So my situation went a little like this. As I assessed the situation, I realized that My soul was dying, obviously, and I started to make inventory of what was I doing that was solely for me. I took out my little journal and I started to make note of like what things made me happy. I started seeing a therapist early October of 2019 and quickly we came to the realization I just wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. 
So I started going down this list of what things that I do for me, what things that I do for others, when was I resentful, and really making note of what things worried me or stressed me out. And it basically boiled down to work. Again, I enjoyed what I did, but not the process, not the environment, and definitely not the drive. I had long talks with myself, looking inward and realizing what made me stay at this job, right? And I came to the realization, and again, with the help of this therapist, that I really hated feeling like I was letting someone down, letting down the person that offered me the position that I was so grateful for. And I didn't want to be viewed as an ungrateful person for having been given such a position. And now a couple of years later saying, thank you, but no, thank you. Right? So I, I, I had this anxiety. I, I felt off. I would use my medication every so often the, the the medication was prescribed after having shared with my doctor that my mind often was just on running mode. I was often stressed. I didn't sleep well. Um, there were certain situations that would just make my heart raise, my head throb. Um, I didn't use it on a, a daily basis, more of an as needed basis. So maybe about three to four times a, a month, I'd use it um, at bedtime to be able to just get to sleep. So my anxiety personally would run in the middle of the night. Um, It would make it difficult to go to sleep. If I got to sleep, uh, it would make it difficult to stay asleep. And if I was awake, it would make me have these, you know, thoughts of just endless lists of things that I had to get done tomorrow. So there I was sitting in my anxiety thinking, okay, what needs to, to just happen in order for me to feel different? So after realizing again that, you know, one of the reasons that made me stay there was just to try to make other people happy, coming to the realization that the only person I need to really be trying to make happy is myself, I thought, okay, and what does that look like? What does making myself happy look like? So at that point, I began to assess what made me happy, right? Because I don't know about you all, but There's certain things I think we can pinpoint that make us happy. And there's definitely other things that we just sort of push to the side because of A, B, C, and D reasons, right? We don't do it because it costs too much money or we don't do it because it takes too much time away from our kids or our partner, or we don't do it because, you know, what are other people going to think? So I began to assess what really made me happy from food to social gatherings to assessing those around me. Um, I assess what I did for me and what I did for others against my better judgment. And I took inventory of those thoughts that made me dream, those goals that made me smile, what heartfelt desires really made me feel alive. And the closer I got to these, the more alive I felt. So I'd make notations and realize I wanted more of that. And one of the other realizations I made is that my goal, my goals in life did not include this nine to five rat race. It did not include me reporting to others on a constant basis. It did not include others telling me how to speak to my staff. It didn't include 
me giving away my ideas or thoughts that others would initially shoot down, but then later on make their own, right? So what did I do? I began, I created this plan. I looked at all the pros and cons of keeping a nine to five. Um, What would I do if I didn't have a nine to five? How would I make ends meet if I didn't have this nine to five? So basically I looked at it, thought I'm not happy here. I need to resign. I looked at my calendar and at this point, at the end of December 2019, I noted on my calendar, my last day at this agency will be June 30th, 2020. So what did I do in this moment? I began to take action. Like I mentioned, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And also I did have this small part-time contracted supervisor job with a different local mental health agency. Um, My first mentor in the field had approached me a while back and contracted me to supervise a few trainees. So I got to thinking, how can I supplement the money that I'm making now without being attached to that nine to five rat race? So I basically put a butcher paper on the wall And I started to add anything and everything that I would be able to work and make money for from home. And that thought just made me so happy. So basically being employed, being my own boss, right? I started throwing these ideas up on this this paper. Uh, Things such as equine therapy, writing a book, running additional supervision groups, teaching and running or just teaching because I've taught in the past. Uh, running support groups. Um, and when I mean teaching, I mean adjunct professor at a university. So what other positions could I do or things can I do that just didn't tie me down to this nine to five, basically, right? So I jotted these down and I thought, okay, these are doable. I am a licensed and marriage family therapist. I can definitely start seeing clients Um, in private practice. Let's see how this goes. So like I said, I had a date on my calendar that my last day at this agency would be June 30th, 2020. So as we move down into January and February and March of 2020, aka pandemic, COVID-19, shutdown happens, stay-at-home orders happen. But for me, most importantly, working from home happened, as it did for many of us. And I'll be brutally honest, I was overjoyed. Working from home, is that a thing? Honestly, I don't think I'd ever even just thought this could be a thing, right? So I did it. And I kept up with the demands of my role and I supported my staff. And honestly, I was in heaven. There was no more 15 hour a week commutes. Oh my God, this was the most amazing thing that had happened. Minus the COVID stuff, of course. So I basically turned turned my 15 hours of commute into 15 hours of private clients. So I thought to myself at this point, 
I think I'm onto something here. So what did I do? As things were working out or not working out, I tweaked it. So remember, I said that my last date for the agency had initially been noted as June 30th. Well, with the pandemic going on and all this stuff, I realized I needed to revise my plan. There was so much uncertainty in the world at this point. The instability, the job security. So, you know, because of that, I felt like I had to postpone my plan. Yet, I kept thinking, if I do venture out on my own, can I continue just working from home? So, every time I thought about that and the joy I felt, I thought, yeah, you know, I I need to keep pursuing that. So, the housing market was doing really well during this time. So, I do share with you that I did end up selling my first home that I bought July 2018. Sold it and moved into my new home January of 2021 okay so I figured you know things are looking up working out working well and every time I think about just working on my own it brings me so much joy I can't give this up now so I kept in, you know, an eye on myself in regards to the feelings of joy and happiness when it came to the things that I was doing. I really looked at what made me happy and what made me feel sad or uninterested or anxious. So what did I do? I invested in myself. I made sure I stayed up to date with my license and certificates. Um, I learned additional things that just made me happy during this pandemic. I did facilitate virtual women support groups as well as a virtual book club during this pandemic. That made me feel happy. You know, I read a lot. I worked extra, you know, just to ensure I was building the foundation that I wanted for this dream that I kept envisioning of being my own boss. So at this point, I started to, again, observe my my feelings when they changed in regards to things that I was doing. I did this constantly. I, I, I leaned into the things that made me feel really good. And I realized what my body felt like when I wasn't happy about something or, or a decision I made. You know, was it irritation, frustration? So I, I and I still do that to this point now. And as I realized that every time I did things that were making me happy, that gave me purpose and joy, and it felt powerful, or I felt peace in my body, I realized that was CPR that I had desperately been needing for years. So in January of 2021, the agency starts asking some of us to go back into the office First once a week, then twice a week, then three times a week to start. So as I started to feel that feeling again, that sadness and that dread, I again started to realize, oh, this plan is in action. It's in motion. I really need to relook at my calendar and pencil in again the last day, my last day at this agency. So I did. I looked at my calendar and I thought, July 16th. We're in January 
and I need July 16th, 16th to be my last date. So I worked towards this date while continuing to do what I needed to do at the agency. I kept my, my eye on the dream, right? I kept seeing my clients. I kept supervising on the side and I kept dreaming of this moment that I would be doing this versus this. So I would do my drive out to the agency during this still COVID pandemic time. And mind you, my commute did um, go from about 90 minutes to about 60 for 65 minutes. Nonetheless, it still didn't make me feel better. So on June 14th of 2021, I submitted my letter of resignation. So just for me to add here that as soon as I wrote my letter of resignation, which was the weekend of June 12th and 13th, I mean, I wrote it on the 12th, I slept on it, I revised a line or two on the 13th, and I submitted it before 5 p.m. on the 14th. I need to share with you all. I had not had one anxiety pill prior to, um, well, let me say it this way. I don't remember when the last time taking an anxiety pill had been prior to the 12th of June, but till this moment, I've not had one pill. So if that doesn't say anything, I don't really know what does. I have not had one anxiety pill since I submitted my letter of resignation. So my last day, I I actually had that realization a couple of days after um, I had resigned and I walked away from the job and I was talking to a friend and I just had this moment of like, hey, when was the last time I had uh, anxiety medication? And it just made me think that it had been over a month at this point. So again, see so, some soul CPR, right? Nourishing my soul. How did I do that? And how do I continue to do that? So nourishing our soul might be challenging, right? Because it really makes us look inward and assess. Really think about what sets my soul on fire? Is it writing? Is it reading? For some of us, it's acting and painting or listening to music or writing music. Others are, you know, watching movies and dissecting them. Others are like maybe making movies, right? It could be something as you know, fun as embroidery or sewing or crafting, maybe dancing or, you know, socializing, being in community, um, being alone, being with others, long drives, maybe sunsets or sunrises, sunny beachy outings or food or baking, uh, some of us eating, you know, um, being with animals or sewing, creating, um, leading, contributing, you know, just ask, what is it that makes me happy? And see how your soul responds to that. I want you to look back when you were younger and see what made you happy then. And is that still true today? And for all of those that thought, well, that's ridiculous. I'd be poor if, you know, uh, I do those things. Um... 
I would have to say to you, you didn't understand the assignment. The challenge is to simply look inward and ask yourself, what things set my soul on fire? What would make me feel happy or feel alive? Not making a living, at least that's not the assignment yet, but now ask yourself, am I doing these things? Am I doing them often? Often enough to keep me happy, inspired, full of life. Next question is, how do I incorporate that either at all or more? And see how that feels. And that's just the start. Ask yourself, what sets my soul on fire? So with that said, I want us to keep this discussion going and tell me what sets your soul on fire and are you doing it, doing it enough, why or why not? I'd love to hear your thoughts. So once again, this is Lily, host of Las Beauties podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode where we talked about soul suicide. Please don't forget to follow and share. And if you want to share your story of soul suicide and maybe some soul CPR or any other story, please send me a message and you can find me on Instagram at Las Beauties, L-A-S-B-E-A-U-T-Y-S, unconventional. Yes, I understand. Or email me at Liliana at lasbeauties.com. Liliana, L-I-L-I-A-N-A at L-A-S-B-E-A-U-T-Y-S dot com. Thank you once again. Talk to you later. And don't ever give your power, purpose, or peace away. Take care.